Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks, and you're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with Tim and Lee. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to a Super Bowl surprise podcast here on the Full 10 Yards. The first surprise being that lovely Tyler Lockett introduction uh, to the podcast. Thank you, Tyler, for that. The second surprise is, of course, this is the Super Bowl. So we've gone and searched the World Wide Web for loads of different predictions on the big game on Sunday. And also we have uh, best bets with Adam to follow. But our third surprise, ladies and gentlemen... We saved the best till last. He is our special guest. He is the he is the reason this podcast is is even alive and is even you know recording. He's the inspiration that that, that got me to in, into the podcasting world, talking about American football. He is the next gen stats analyst living in the fantasy zone for Direct TV, who describes Ty Lockett as uh, running hotter than Amazon stock and liquid magma in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he loves looking at the numbers, and he is the fantasy geek and freak himself, Mr. James Coe. Thank you for coming on. Uh, no, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, I I did not realize that I had inspired you guys to um, to do the podcast yourself. So that's great. It's great to hear. You did, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you, if you remember. So way, way back in your in your NFL fantasy days, um, I was on I was in the Danger Zone Listen League because I, I submitted a, a podcast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that. Yes, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. So that was us. Yeah, and that's uh, we're on on podcast seventy eight now, James. So yeah. Great. Incredible. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a really is an honour to to be speaking to to yourself. Um, I did actually. I, Looking um, looking back through what you've done over the last couple of months, I did actually enjoy your uh, your Willie Sneed IV remark about him uh, injecting. Uh, that, that was that was amazing. Uh, I loved that. Um, I, it's a it's a great show because you know they 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 kind of just let me do um, whatever I want. I mean they they trust me enough to know that look I know what good TV is. Um, I'm a creative dude. You know I bring a lot of energy and. Um, and, you know, look, we're talking about fantasy football, right? So got to keep it entertaining. I don't take myself too seriously. That being said, you know, there is going to be a lot of information uh, you get in some of these bits as well. So I'm a little bit of – I kind of poke fun at, at the entire fantasy industry ourselves, um, you know, when I start screaming out, look at the numbers, because that that's what we do. Um, and I get that. <laughs> but sometimes – Sometimes, you know, we kind of take ourselves a little too seriously, and sometimes fantasy analysts do tend to, uh, I guess, kind of latch on to a number, uh, a stat, if you will, and, and kind of ignore everything else, all the other noise, all the other tendencies. I mean, they just ignore the game film and say, no, this stat is this magic stat um, that will solve all problems, and... I, I I understand the the tendency to do it, and I, I certainly understand the allure to do it as well. But you know, hey, listen, it's it's a reason why um, I, I think that you know we can poke fun at ourselves a little bit uh, when we do that, and that that's kind of the genesis of that whole thing. Yeah, and who can forget? Obviously, your your back and forth with uh, Adam Rank 
a while back and I'd say another another favourite of mine was him hitting you over the head with uh, was it a, a plate or something or yeah <laughs> <laughs> right he uh, he smashed me over the head with a baking sheet that's it yeah. um, to uh, to officially end our uh, tag team partnership uh, there at NFL Network it was like I think it was like like my last week or my last couple weeks there over at NFL Network but I hadn't officially um, you know, announced it yet, but yeah. uh, those close to me knew that that um, that I was going to be stepping away or whatever it was. So, um, so yeah. So Adam Rank, of course, is uh, one of my closest friends there at the network, uh, and and of course we had a, a great segment, one of the all time great fantasy segments in in the Danger Zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had to put it to bed, mm-hmm. and, and I just didn't want to kind of slink away. Nice. So we just decided to do it in the most over the top, ridiculous way possible, and, and I thought it was a perfect. Uh, perfect perfect way to kind of bring that chapter to a close yeah because you reference you, you must be big wrestling fans as well i know rank is um, but yeah you obviously reference quite a lot of wrestling in your in your kind of segments over the years yeah oh yeah look i was a big time 90s and early 2000s um wrestling fan mm. uh in the 80s too you know but uh but for the most part you know it was 80s 90s and, and very early part of 2000s i think i you know people say you know are you a fan of wrestling i, I really can't with in good conscience say i'm a i'm a current fan mm. I, I like it uh but i i honestly stopped watching probably in 2004 four or five, something like that in the mid two thousands, you know? So, and I've kind of watched it intermittently, but I don't know if you, if you follow pro wrestling, it's really hard to just watch it every few weeks. You know, it's kind of like a, it's one of those things where it's like a ongoing drama sitcom. You really do have to watch it pretty much every week to follow what's going on. And, uh, and I certainly have not done that. I've been to shows. Um, and you know, again, I watch it, every every so often intermittently but uh i i would be doing injustice to the real fans if i were to say i was a fan of pro wrestling but i appreciate the art form that's for sure yeah no i'm, I'm certainly with you i'm a i'm a diehard uh, attitude era guy at heart as well 90s and, and early 2000s so yeah I'm with, I'm with you on that um let's obviously talk about uh, obviously what you're up to now do you uh, writing for the athletic is that is that still a thing how how's that treating you yeah, so I've been writing for the Athletic, doing you know fantasy columns for them. They just started up uh, a whole uh, fantasy division there at the at the Athletic, and um, and we connected and um, and got some next gen stats and stuff going for them. So yeah, no, it's been a good uh, it's been a good deal there. So yeah, no, it's just been nice, you know, to kind of have different various outlets. It, it it's funny to me because you know the Athletic is is a nice gig. Um, but it's certainly not something where, you know, uh, like if I stopped writing for them, it wouldn't really impact me, I guess, you know, I just yeah. do it because I like writing. Yeah. Um, and it's, a, it's a, it's another creative outlet for me and, and I really enjoy the actual process of, of writing as well. Mm. Um, and, and the athletic was gracious enough to, to let me do that for them. So um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been a lot of fun to kind of put, you know, pen to paper, if you will, digital anyways, yeah. and, and also kind of flex my chops on, 
on television as well and just kind of do that whole thing. I, that's what I did at the at, at NFL Network. They, you know, I wrote a weekly column and, you know, did the podcast and, and did TV as well. And, um, and that was really, you know, creatively gratifying for me. And talking, talking to next gen, uh, next gen stats, James, do you have any personal favorites or is it just a kind of, cause it's obviously coming to the fore now over the last year or so, uh, in terms of trying to bring pe- people different types of content. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's so many different ways to slice this pie, um, and I and I know, you know, there are there's a public site um, that is available to you know just the general masses, and then and then of course there are, are folks like myself um, who have insider access to some of the more you know complex stats mm-hmm. that next gen stats. Uh, provide so you know some of the stats that I'm going to be talking about are not necessarily publicly available, um, and I know that kind of rubs pe- some people the wrong way, but you know it is what it is. Mm. Um, it, it's you know what's funny to me? It's kind of like PFF, like Pro Football Focus. Yeah, I, I just I'm confused why people get mad at Next Gen Stats but don't get mad at PFF. Where PFF they completely and you have no idea how they got their scores. You have no clue. But they give you the scores. Yeah, yeah. But you have no idea. And then if you ask, like, hey, how'd you get those scores? They won't tell you. No. But people don't seem to have a problem with that so long as they get the number, right? So <laughs> it's like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm interested by that. You know, yeah. it's like, hmm, that's, it's interesting that, you know, next gen for, some, for whatever reason is held to a different standard for some reason. I, I'm not exactly sure why. Mm. Um, but but anyways, yeah no look in terms of in terms of stats and stuff that uh, next gen stats that, that I've really focused in on for 2018, um, it's a, a lot of it is matchup data you know where you know next gen keeps track of how many yards and rece- all the stats that you need uh, you know targeted slot receivers when running backs are targeted when tight ends are 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 targeted when receivers are targeted on the short right or deep middle part of the field, you know, so all areas of the field. Mm. So not only do they have stats by split up by positions, you know, we're talking about wide receiver, running back, tight end, but also by areas of the field. So short, middle, deep, you know, right, middle, uh, left. So, and, it, and, you know, they've got quarterback stats under pressure. They've got quarterback stats, you know, versus, you know, uh, loaded fronts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's unbelievable the amount of data that they have and are tracking. And you could honestly just spend, and I'm not exaggerating, but you could literally spend weeks on a single game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Literally on a single game. Uh, just trying to break down matchup data if you wanted to, mm-hmm. because there it's it's an unlimited you know ways that you could really break it down. So um, that part has been really um, impressive to me, the way that they do it and, and the way that they track it. Um, and and it's in, it, you know it's cool too because you know I, I they've asked me for some input onto you know how might it be a little bit more user friendly. So. Uh, I, I do consider myself to kind of be the biggest, one of the biggest proponents, maybe the most public proponent, if you will, um, of next-gen stats. And I've really, really embraced it all the way. So um, I'm really impressed by what they do. And, um, and and certainly the information can be overwhelming, but that's kind of my job mm-hmm. is to kind of take the, all that data, break it down, um, and kind of give it out into you know smaller digestible pieces. Yeah, 
And so obviously you're you're a big fantasy you're, you're a big fantasy guy as well. Do you tend to like you mentioned earlier saying that you know you can uh, guys can look at a stat for, for for hours and hours and maybe kind of make their decision based off that. How how much do you look in look at <laughs> look at the numbers and also what like look at film? Yeah, you know, I, I look at both for sure. Um, and it, but if you were talking about you know percentage breaking down how much time I spend looking at tape and how much time I look at you know stats, I probably look at stats maybe like you know seventy percent of the time, and then you know maybe thirty percent of the time I'll 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 watch film. Mm. So um, and they kind of sort of go hand in hand. If I watch film and somebody pops out to me. Um, generally, I'll, I'll probably follow it up by looking at, at stats and numbers and, and next-gen stats and those things and, and just, you know, does it add up? Mm, do yeah. those things add up? Do Does the tape match what we're seeing on the stats and vice versa? Mm. So it's the same thing with the stats, you know. So I'll, I'll break down some things statistically, and um, but I'm not going to post anything. I'm not going to have a quote-unquote take until I've actually verified yeah. with my eyes, mm-hmm. you know, what, what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly there can be breakdowns in uh, coverages. There can be breakdowns in, in defense and, um, and even offense. You know, it's like you, there might be a missed block somewhere. And, and yeah. maybe the turf monster got him. Is, does that mean the defense was good or is it just maybe he tripped over <laughs> his own feet? You know, it's, so, you know, th- there's just – there's just such a human element to it and for you know you got to add that back in when you're starting to look at you know you, when you're starting to do your analysis you really do have to add in that that human element yeah i did see a funny quote actually on on the on the in twitter world it's uh, stats don't stats don't lie but people do which is uh, kind of interesting but um yeah um obviously james i don't, I don't know if you've maybe got one or two players from a fantasy perspective that you're maybe buying or selling in keeping with your with your fantasy zone for for 2019 um, boy, it, sometimes these questions kind of catch me off guard because it, it's such a wide universe out there in terms of players, you know, but, uh, there are certainly guys that I think will, will have, you know, good bounce back campaigns. I think David Johnson is somebody, uh, that I'm certainly interested in, in you know, in terms of how the, the Cardinals approach their draft, uh, they'll have a new coaching staff coming in. You know, I, I don't necessarily agree with the firing uh, one-year firing of uh, Steve Wilkes. Don't yeah. think he got a fair shake. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that being said, it, it's certainly, from a fantasy perspective, something that you have to monitor. Mm. And then Bruce Arians there in Tampa Bay. I, I, I really, really, really am expecting a huge bounce back um, for Jameis Winston and Mike Evans, who I, I think um, – kind of sort of under the radar actually had decent seasons yeah yeah but tampa bay was really bad right so um i'm actually glad to see dirt cutter go because he absolutely i mean i don't know how many chances the guy can get with a loaded <laughs> rock by the way the roster's loaded yeah um and 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 this is what people are going to mistake for what we're talking about with tampa bay that roster has a lot of talent on it. I don't think it's that deep, but it's a good, good starting roster. Um, and if Bruce Arians does what he does, which is coach guys up, I think Tampa Bay is going to be a team that is going to be a problem mm. in the NFC. Yeah. Um, I think they're a playoff team next year. I absolutely think they're a playoff team next year, which I know will surprise some folks. But 
they're going to be a team that's going to, you know, you know, push nine and seven, ten and six, and and I think they will absolutely uh, vie for a playoff spot next year. So that's a team I'm going to be watching. I'm very interested in Adam Humphreys, um, you know, uh, and the entire Tampa Bay offense as well. Uh, in terms of another team that I think, you know, I, I don't know. It's not going to surprise most because I think the I think the Browns will probably be, be overvalued. Yeah. Uh, next year because we've seen so much potential and growth from, you know, Baker Mayfield um, and some of the pass catching options there as well. I think David Njoku will certainly be a player that I'm interested in, but am worried that will be overpriced going into 2019. I think Baker Mayfield too is another guy that I think might be overpriced Mm -hmm. uh, going into 2019 because I like the potential obviously and Freddie Kitchens, you know, obviously has a good handle uh, on that offense, but that being said, it, you know he was a rookie last year, and I know he played great. He Baker Mayfield played absolutely wonderful, but uh, if you kind of look at what he did against better pass rush defenses, he was pretty bad. Yeah, uh, and then you know he really torched bad defenses. That's really where he made his hay. And plus, you know, you think about another, you know, another offseason where guys are going to be able to have game tape on them and, and kind of figure mm-hmm. out tendencies as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's going to be a bust, but I just think given the price, yeah. anticipated price anyways for Baker, I probably won't be one of those people investing uh, you know, too heavily in, in, in Baker early on. So so we shall see. But you know, the quarterback position is extremely deep you know, and, and it's getting deeper as we go along. Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, Andrew Luck now back in the fold. Certainly Baker Mayfield's going to be in the mix as well. So um and and again what do you do with lamar jackson you know uh, the guy was great as a rookie as well and he's a russian quarterback if he could add any kind of passing dimension and why would he not be able to do that this offseason um i certainly think that he's got some potential as well so anyways uh i know i'm kind of rambling here but you know <laughs> talking about 2019 uh, already is something that I, that i've been doing yeah but just before we move on to uh, the super bowl uh, James, you said you mentioned Patrick Mahomes there. He's obviously a guy that um, lit the league up this season, uh, QB one. And draft price next year is going to be second round, what second and third round for most people, but just because of his connection with with the fans and how he how he's played this season. Are you, are you buying or selling Patrick Mahomes in in rounds two or three? Well, he won't last till the third round. There's just no way. Um, I mean, maybe maybe if you're in a ten team league and quarterback obviously is not um, a premium. Um, and, and for newer listeners, the reason that's the case is you have 10 teams. There's only going to be 10 starters, right? So yeah. it doesn't doesn't really behoove you at all to, no. to take quarterback early. Now, if you're in a 12-teamer, okay, now we start going down the list a little bit. And, you know, quarterback has a little bit more premium. 14-team, obviously, quarterback has even more more premium there. But I don't think – I think in most leagues, I don't think Patrick Mahomes will survive into the third round. I don't think – in m- most casual leagues, I don't think Patrick Mahomes will survive 14 picks. Mm. I think he's going to be a top 15 player. Mm. Um, and in in extremely casual leagues, he's going to be a top 10 pick, no doubt in my mind. Mm. Um, so w- when we're talking about that price tag, top 15 price tag, there is... I think a case to be made for him to go there, I probably won't be that guy. Um, now, that being said, you, you talk to any industry expert and n- no one 
in the industry is going to take a quarterback in the top fifty. No one. If you do an industry mock, there, Patrick Mahomes won't go until rounds three, four, five. That's just how industry mocks go. But that's why when you do industry mocks, you kind of have to take them with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that's not how home leagues will generally go. So uh, if you're asking me in a casual league, will he be worth a top 15 selection? really depends on how active you are. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a big advocate of if you're not that active, take a good quarterback early because streaming quarterbacks is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but if you live, breathe, die this stuff and you're making 50 transactions a season, yeah, you're never going to take Patrick Mahomes in the top 15 pick. You're just not going to do it. It doesn't make any sense. You could just stream the position. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I would say if you're more of a casual fan, yes, worth the price. Mm. If you're hardcore and you, you're anticipating make, you know, 40 to 50 moves, I mean, hell, even, you know, 30 to 40 moves in a season. So we're talking, you know, two, three moves a week. Um, yeah, it's, I think you can wait. Yeah, no, very much. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate of um, a kind of a Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, double-digit rounds kind of guy because, you know, it's just just the value, isn't it? I'm, I'm never a, an early QB. Yeah, just interesting to see your thoughts there because obviously he'll be a hot topic going in uh, to the 2019 season. Mahomes um, missing out on the on the Super Bowl, obviously, this week. We'd be remiss of us not to talk Super Bowl considering where we are in this time of year. How, have you have you ever been part of like Super Bowl media weeks, James? Or like, obviously working with the yeah. network in NFL. Have you got any maybe any stories? Or what's what's the Super Bowl week like out there? Because we don't really get exposed to it too much uh, over this side of the pond. It's it's really interesting because when you um, when you go to a Super Bowl and you tell people you're going to go to a Super Bowl, people get really excited for you, and you're thinking, okay, it's really, really cool. But when you actually have to work it, <laughs> it is not nearly as glamorous, not nearly as fun um, as you would think. And I know this is total first world problems. Um, but when you go to the Super Bowl, generally they work you down. And it's, a, it's an absolute madhouse there. Um you don't really get to see too many sights and sounds and other than just it's really interesting you spend so much of the time either at the hotel there's a media hotel where you know all the the, the entire media stays or you're at the actual you know site the venue mm. you're not really anywhere else and they have shuttles and and you know stuff that take you from the hotel to the venue and, that, and back and forth and that's it um, but i will say this there are. It's certainly a thrill when you see Hall of Famers that you recognize. You're like, oh wow, that's Joe Montana. Hey, that's Jerry Rice. That's really cool. That's Steve Young. Hey, that's pretty neat. Um, and I will share this. I was covering the Steelers Packers Super Bowl uh, in Dallas. This was in 2010. Well, the 2010 season. That's what it was. It was the 2010 season. It was obviously played in 2011, but the 2010 season. And and I'm I'm in the media hotel lobby. And keep in mind, there are there's there's pro bowlers everywhere. There are superstars everywhere. There's Hall of Famers everywhere. Um, there's pro athletes from you know and movie stars from you know other sports and and all kinds of different walks of life everywhere. But when you when I was in the media hotel, 
when Michael Vick walked into the lobby in 2010, um, the entire place kind of shut down. (laughs) And, And there was just a palpable buzz around Mike Vick, which I find to be really, really interesting. And he is an absolute magnetic star Mm. and i think that part of it um was really interesting to me uh and again keep in mind this was in 2010 so um you know it had been i don't know maybe you know he he was coming off of a season where he was pretty good he had come back from you know being in jail for a couple years or whatever it was and um and there was mike vick and and i'm telling you he absolutely stole the show there was no bigger star than Mike Vick at that time. So it just was, <clears throat> it was telling to me, and that's something that I, I think casual fans just would, wouldn't really understand yeah. uh, about how the aura and the presence and of Mike Vick at the time was just, it was unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, no, I can imagine. So and, t- and talking of uh, stealing the show then, uh, James, should we move on to Sunday's prediction? Who, who have you got for the big one? I, man, I, I'm very torn on it. Uh, you know, anyone who can definitively tell you, and I know I'm hearing, I'm seeing a lot of people say definitively that it's going to be the Patriots. And I just, I just don't know. Um, I think it'll be a very close game. I think on paper, talent-wise, the Rams have them covered at pretty much every spot except quarterback. Um, they've got more talent running back. They've got more talented wide receivers. They have more talented, um, you know, linebackers. They have more talented defensive linemen. They have a more talented offensive line. They pretty much have them. They pretty much have more talent at every single position and even cornerback as, as great as, as Gilmore has been, you know, you look at the tandem of Akeem Tlaib and Marcus Peters. I mean, it's hard for me to say that, the Patriots have a better secondary. I, I just don't think they do. Um, now, that being said, their defensive line has been playing over their heads. I think they've been playing extremely well as of late, which obviously is a cause con- for concern if um, if you're thinking that Jared Goff is going to have a good day. But it, it's, it's very interesting to me because people have somehow forgotten the fact that New England during the regular season – was an absolutely mm-hmm. mediocre defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I get that in the postseason they've been they've been good, but I just don't think they're. I still don't think they're a great defensive unit. Mm-hmm. I, as a matter of fact, I know they're not a great defensive unit. And offensively, this is a team that's got issues as well. Tom Brady's great. I get it, but you know their running backs are good. But their wide receivers, other than Julian Edelman, are very suspect. Gronk looks like he's lost a step or two. And I think if if the Rams decide to get extremely physical, um, I think they win this ball game. As a matter of fact, look, depending on how it's officiated, if they're going to call touch fouls, Patriots win this thing pretty easily. But if they let them play, and in the Super Bowl, they tend to let you play a little bit. But if they let them play and they let these guys get physical, especially Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters, Patriots are going to have a problem moving that ball. I don't mm-hmm. think they could run it. 
Um, and I think, you know, with, with Barron and, and Corey Littleton, you know, if, if they can cover the running backs, and, and specifically if they can cover James White well, I see some serious problems on offense for the Patriots. So I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game than most people anticipate. I think it'll be nip and tuck. I do think it will be close. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those 17-14 type games. Mm-hmm. And and quite honestly, I, I kind of have the Rams in it. And, and and it's funny because when I first saw the matchup, I'm thinking, yeah, Rams got this. Um, you know, not, not in a blowout by a stretch of the imagination, but that's kind of what I was thinking initially was 17-14 Rams. Mm. Um, but I, so many people have just pretty much written the Rams off. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I, I kind of sort of went back and kind of had to do some deeper digging and some more analysis and – um, and I'm thinking to myself, am, am I just nuts here? You know, but I, I get it. Bill Belichick, man, he's he's an absolute genius. But Sean McVay's pretty smart guy too. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so I don't I don't necessarily. I think there will be a coaching advantage, certainly in favor of the New England Patriots, but not to the level that we have seen in other games. Mm. Not to that level. Yeah. Um, Bill Belichick runs circles around 99% of the coaches in the NFL. But I don't think he runs circles around Sean McVay. Mm. I just don't see that happening in the Super Bowl. And that is the Patriots. Forget Tom Brady. Bill Belichick is the MVP of the Patriots and always has been. And his mental, psychological coaching advantage in nearly every single game he has ever played has played a gigantic factor in the Patriots being as good as they are. Yeah. I think that coaching, you know, deficit is much, much smaller versus Sean McVay. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing how it shakes out. But I'll be one of the few folks that will say the Rams, um, and my initial gut reaction was was the Rams, uh, but I think the Rams win a, a lower-scoring game um, because I think that the Rams know that they have to run the ball and, and keep it more of a ball-control offense. I don't think that they can you know, let the Patriots and Tom Brady get out there and get loose. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to run it with Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson. I don't think the Patriots have the personnel to necessarily stop that, um, at least – I mean, they'll stop it, obviously, but I'm saying, you know, I don't think that they'll be able to completely bottle it up to force Jared Goff to throw it. And I think their defense, if they're allowed to be physical uh, with the receivers, will be able to keep Tom Brady off the field at times. So lower scoring game, 17-14, maybe it's 20-17, to maybe it's 21-17, something like that. But um, I don't see this game, you know, pushing that, you know, 50, 60 point barrier overall. And overall, I just think it's going to be a lower scoring game, which I think will favor the Rams. Yeah, you heard it here first, listeners. A low scoring game for the Rams. James Coe going against the grain. Um, yeah, interesting prediction there. Yeah, I think it's a funny playoff uh, kind of year because people were quick to write off the Patriots against the Chargers and then against the Chiefs. And now all of a sudden they're all back in the love boat with Bill Belichick and all going for the for the Patriots. But uh, And then on the other side, you've got everyone all season loving the Rams. And then due to 
should we say letting the players play in the in the Saints game the the Rams seem to be hated on uh, maybe maybe it's because of that and maybe uh, everyone was rooting for the Saints but yeah it should be should be an interesting one I really uh, enjoyed that prediction there I might uh, maybe adjust my uh, my my take for for the game slightly but um, James I think that will we will let you go at that point um, thank you so much for coming on it's been an absolute honour and a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you guys need it, uh, be more than happy to come on. And, and again, uh, a, a great podcast you guys got going on, so uh, it, it's good to see. James Coe there, a guy who's all about looking at the numbers. And it's time to look at our numbers now with Adam in the best bets for the Super Bowl. Okay, everyone, it's time to get all your Super Bowl bets down for Sunday in Atlanta. And, of course, we are joined by Adam Wolford of Touchdown Tips uh, to run the rule all over the prop bets. Everything from SpongeBob to Gladys Knight taking a knee, wearing a Colin Kaepernick jersey and raising a one fist in the air. Adam, we welcome you in. This is, uh, you know, this is Super Bowl betting is, is betting porn, isn't it? It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, you've got 500, five to 600 markets on one game, whether, like you said, from the the sublime sort of um, sublime sort of ridiculous. There's uh, some crazy stuff that you can bet on. Yeah. And ironically, not as many as there normally is. Mm. Um, there, there was Paddy Power a couple of years back had bets on which would be the most viewed adverts on YouTube within like the next 24 hours. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I actually won money on that one. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Always, always remember a winning bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I got the inside information from someone because the views are already like five times bigger on one of them, and the odds are like five to one. It was a, it's a very good bet. Very nice, very nice indeed. Um, surprised there's not actually um, under over on uh, Mikhail Roby Coleman's pass interference flag. Actually, uh, that's the one prop I didn't find. No, you'd think that they would have, um, they would have been on that one. Yeah, I, I, I have taken a slightly pass interference related one um on my blog but uh yeah nothing for nothing for the show yeah yeah just to reiterate obviously adam does a very good in-depth preview he's uh, for for super bowl is no different go and check that out at tdtips.com but i suppose uh, adam we'll start with what we like in the game because we've got our 100 pound challenge as well we'll get to that a bit later on but just a couple of stats to throw out there for people betting on all of those props everyone obviously of course the first betting opportunity is of course the coin toss Tails currently leads 27 to 25 in Super Bowl coin toss history. Last year was heads, and prior to that was four straight tails for anyone there betting on the coin. Uh, and funnily enough, actually, the NFC team has won the 80, 18 out of the last 21 Super Bowl coin flips, uh, but lost last year. And of the last new, eight New England Super Bowls, two coin cost wins there for Belichick and the Patriots. Um, the last they, they lost both of the. Um, the games that they actually won the, the coin flip as well. So 2012 and 2018, which is actually quite interesting. Um, not quite sure how that sequence has played out. That, that you'll get some good odds on that. Um, any, any coin toss betting for you? Uh, well, Tails never fails, does it, apart from last year? But to be <laughs> fair, I don't know if you remember the coin toss last year. It was some Medal of Honor guy who was about yeah, 18 yeah. and he just threw the coin on the floor. Yeah, yeah. He didn't really toss it. <laughs> so I, I was calling for it to be voided. Uh, but... Cool. Uh, <laughs> No, yeah. I, I say you, you've got you've hit the nail on the head. Really, it was twenty-seven, twenty-five to uh, tails. Apparently, um, it generally goes in runs of four. There's been uh, three or four runs of four in a row, so it could be the start of heads. You never know. Yeah. Um, strangely enough, bet three six five did have uh, one of them at even, 
and one of them at 10 to 11. Yeah. Um, Mental, isn't it? Which, which is which is ridiculous. Um, they're now both 10 to 11, which is even worse because yeah. you can get evens on both of them everywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I don't believe I've bet on the coin toss. Mm. It depends how much time I've got on um, on Sunday night. True. I might I might just chuck a tenner on before <laughs> it happens, just for a bit more interest. Yeah, doing it, doing it, degenerate style. I love it. Um, okay, national anthem. Yeah. Is that are you bet on that this year? Um, no, I was gonna go for the over because it's one minute forty nine. But apparently, during my in-depth research, I found out that the only one that we can find on YouTube, it took a 1 minute 31. Right. But that was 20-odd years ago. So you're going to add a little bit. Mm. Uh, but yeah, 1 minute 49 is still quite short for national anthems. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's probably another one that I may... I may when it comes time, mm. but uh, yeah, we'll see. Some stats for the listeners out there. Last 28 Super Bowls, the average length is at 115 seconds. That's 1 minute 55 to you and I. Last year, pink was 112 seconds. Uh, obviously, you didn't want to really milk the clock there, if you like, but the three previous ones prior to pink were over two minutes. Um, but let's not forget Gladys Knight um, is 74 years old, so she might not actually have the lungs uh, to do it. Um, the one, the one, the one I saw, she did it 27 years ago, and it was 105 seconds. So that's one minute 45. So, um, yeah, we, okay. uh, there's some, uh, there's some form for you for the old racing post, if you like. Yeah, um, the the past 12 anthems are five, five and seven for over under two minutes. There you go. Uh, five, five of them going over, seven under. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Okay, a couple of other fun, fun, fancy bets that we can get into this weekend. Maroon 5, I know your favourite, you're a founding member of Maroon 5, Adam. Um, opening song, last song, anytime song, any anything you like there? Yep. Um, of course, we all know that 37 and the last 37 gigs, uh, they're basically the last tour. They opened with What Lovers Do. Um, that has been smashed, smashed in on the uh, book, uh, in the bookies. Uh, it was two to one when I got in. I believe it's now odds on to yep. uh, open the gigs. Yeah. Um. I, I'll admit I've put a couple of quid on that one. Uh, I've also got a couple of quid on the SpongeBob song because apparently, um, Squidward or the voice of Squidward is going to um open the halftime show, and you would think if he's um introducing Maroon Five that they would then lead into Sweet Victory, which is the Spongebob song. Mm. Um, there was good odds on that uh, the other day. I cannot remember what they are at this very second. They are... Oh, they're still still 19 to 2, if you fancy a couple of quid on that one. Mm. Uh, Paddy Power. Nice. Yeah, well odds on there for any time. Backers, a bit of money for She Will Be Loved any time into 6 to 4 from 5 to 2 earlier today. And like you say that, Adam, uh, What Lovers Do is now 1 to 2 uh, into from 5 to 4 for, for the first song there. So, And like you like like you say, Maroon 5 opening songs in their recent sets uh, What Lovers Do. So you'd have to fancy that one. Uh, and uh, also, like you say, Sweet Victory there for the SpongeBob song. Who would have thought SpongeBob and the Super Bowl all in one, all in one, uh, all in one dome. But um, yeah, the one the one. I I actually like is um, their first ever hit when they the hit. Let's sound like an absolute fanboy there, but never mind. Um, <laughs> played the cards, never mind. Um, yeah, harder to breathe was their first song. Obviously, when they were first about, it's quite a punchy song, um, but also 
let's not forget that it's, it's got a bit of uh, crowd interaction in there as well. It's got a, b- a bit where it says, oh, is, is anyone out there? And uh, I've been to a Maroon 5 gig, not going to be ashamed about it and say, it. I've been to a Maroon 5 gig and they like to try and get the crowd involved. So obviously with the Super Bowl being a crowd and for okay. the fans and all that kind of crap, they might they might um, might bang that one out and uh, maybe get the crowd involved. And it's quite punchy as well. So I'm quite surprised that you can get six to one there for any time. That's not first or last, that's any time. So six to one there will feature a bit later on in the hundred pound challenge. I can tell you that for a spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's worth keeping an eye on Twitter during um, the weekend yeah. for for this market because if you follow the right people, then someone will be at the rehearsal, someone will be there, and if it gets leaked, the sky bet aren't going to be the quickest to move the price. Might be able to get a um, bit of a bit of a steal with it. Yeah. Um, did you go? Did you pick anything on what footwear he's going to be wearing for the uh, for the gig? No, I did consult my. Uh, uh, <laughs> My my professional on on this uh, my wife she um, she just wanted to point out that his his um, his arms his forearms were looking great but uh, yeah in way in way of uniform and outfit and shoes she didn't give me anything uh, to she didn't give me too many clues so no, yeah. didn't think he'd be topless at didn't think he'd be topless at sixty six to one then <laughs> I think my wife was watching uh, something with him topless in uh, yesterday but um, I probably may, may not go into that too much detail no it is. Let's move on to the Gatorade shower. The, everyone's uh, another one that everyone seems to want to try and get an edge on. But I suppose over recent years it's been quite hard too. But since 2000, there have been seven water or slash clear Dunkins, five orange, three yellow, one blue, and actually four dries. Um, there was a couple of those being uh, Bill Belichick himself. There were you might uh, quick maths there. You might see that there's too many showers there since 2000 but uh, there were two for Baltimore back in 2013 both orange and water as well so that's why there's one extra um the betting the betting there I think clear clear on water is a favorite about two to one but that one that's another one that is been a bit volatile over the last couple of days uh, another bit uh, extra form for you Bill Belichick his five wins like I say three were dry with dry drunkens because they were walk-off wins one blue and one water as well so uh, and incidentally Sean McVay got a water a Gatorade dunk in his first Rams win in the 2017 week one game uh, and that was blue so there you go there's all your Gatorade shower facts that you need to know Adam have you gone for anything in this one? Uh, I have not but Todd Gurley replied to someone earlier in the week saying that they usually have ice punch which I believe is white slash clear so uh, clear slash water which like you said is the favourite at the moment yeah, like it. Okay, cool. That might feature a bit later on as well. Let's move on to the maybe some of the some of the player props. And Adam, kind of your speciality, you love giving the uh, the, the, the proper bets. Yeah, the proper bets, the proper props, if you like. Um, oh, actually, no. But before we do, uh, a couple of others that I yeah, the, the, the commentator bingo has, has seen a bit of volatility over the last couple of days. I've noticed. Um, yeah, some of them uh, end around as one. Uh, bet on us was was another one. So these are basically uh, words that the commentators have to say throughout the commentary uh, overnight. You can back Brexit at uh, twenty five to one if you really fancy that, or you got the old. Uh, was it only twenty five? <laughs> yeah, only twenty five to one. Uh, or you've got the fate. You've got, of course, the uh, the famous football in. Uh, you've got to hold and give it, but do it at the right time at one hundred to one. That's a shoe in, surely, Adam. Yeah, well, I, I mentioned to you early in the week. I was going to, I was going to tweet Tony Romo and see whether he'd actually listen to that song, because <laughs> you know, if it could have just planted a planted a brain seed for him, and he would have gone, oh no, actually I haven't. And then, but it actually suits suits the quarterback, doesn't it? So um, yeah, I thought I could have got a bit of inside info on that, but uh, no, not quite. I did have um, a few of them bet against us 
obviously you've mentioned end around I thought was good, but that's that's come in in price now. Yeah. Um, there was quite a, quite a few that I thought were. Well, I thought the power was a banker to be honest, and I got on that above evens. Uh, it's now two to five, um, basically because I put it out on Twitter and that destroyed the price. It only takes about twenty quid to kill the price on these ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought power. The the Patriots have run a lot of power run recently. They've had Gronk blocking. They've had Devlin in front, and I, I just thought that there's. Romo's bound to say power at some point. I thought that was a, a very good one. Goat was above evens. Uh, Romo will probably say that at some point. Flea Flicker, I don't know whether they do one, but I think the Patriots did one against the Chiefs um, last last time out. Uh, screen, obviously, is very, very short-priced. Full House, I thought was a good one. That was 6-1 to one when I got on it. Uh, now 4-1 to because it's going to be full in there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I thought that was a slightly bigger one that was worth a little look. Yeah, it's actually nine to four now, Full House. So you uh, keep on moving those markets. Yeah, no. Mm. Well, yeah, like I say, it, it only takes twenty, thirty quid to yeah to move these things. Yeah, like I say, bet, bet against us was five to two. Is now seven to four. Hail Mary uh, was eleven to eight. I thought was was okay. You could quite easily see a Hail Mary uh, either end of the half or even just you know some plays are a bit of a Hail Mary as well. So yeah, I thought that was that was okay. Um, but yeah, some of those some of those that say. A couple of days ago when I wrote them down, the prices have changed quite a lot now. So um, I'm just going to have to probably resign myself to betting on uh, winter is coming at 33 to 1. But uh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. Um, some of the, some of the favourites. Let's go through some of these because it's funny. Football's coming at home, 100 to 1. They think it's all over. It is now 66. Holy macaroni, 50s. Uh, another one bites the dust, 50s. I mean, some of these are just absolute joke. I thought holy macaroni wasn't that bad, actually. Because <laughs> um, Romo, Romo comes out with some random stuff. <laughs> He does, yeah, no, he um, does. So yeah, I, I didn't think that one was awful. I'm Fumble Ruski. Um, I'm sure I remember him saying that at some point. That's <laughs> eight to one. Yeah. And surely, surely the worst one of the the worst odds of the uh, the whole market has to go to Dilly Dilly at six to one. Surely. Yeah, you're not going to take that one either. They're not going to advertise Bud uh, live on air. Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, uh, unless unless they just stumble through Philly Philly and accidentally say Dilly Dilly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Not... But, but against us, like you said, was pretty big odds. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no. As I say, yeah, uh, yeah. You're not, you're not going to be betting on uh, six to one on that for to, for them to try and mispronounce something. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> popping, popping bottles at twenty to one. <laughs> when when are they ever going to say that? Yeah. I suppose, I suppose it's uh, it's lower odds than Brexit at least. But yeah. I don't know. Let's uh, let's move on to the proper stuff then. Um, hit, hit us with uh, with your best. What have you got? Uh, right, proper stuff. I think um, second half being the highest scoring half will be uh, should should be one of the bankers, frankly. And it was ten to eleven on um, Paddy Power. Uh, the Patriots, as as pretty much everyone knows, they've only scored three points in the first um, in their eight uh, Super Bowls with Brady and Belichick. So that means the first half is generally lower scoring. And if you look back at obviously the comeback from twenty eight three. Last year with um, the Eagles was high scoring second half. I think anywhere near even on that um, was a bit of a steal, to be honest. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I like it, like it. Where's you got? Uh, well, uh, I do have for for my blog. I went through nineteen of them. When uh, went, went a little bit crazy because there's five hundred markets. <laughs> so um, yeah, quite a lot to go through. Mm. Um, so yeah, I you've got. Anything from the sublime to the ridiculous, as I said earlier. Longest field goal over 44 and a half yards is in a dome. 
You've got Greg uh, Legatron and Zerline and Stephen Goskowski. The only worry on that one is will any of them actually try a field goal or will they just keep on going for everything? Uh, players with a pass attempt over two and a half. Obviously, Julian Edelman has thrown the odd one for Brady. Johnny Hacker threw one last game on a fake punt. So it's basically just offering anyone else to throw the ball is evens. Um, one of my favourite ones I thought was either the Rams to rush for over one and a half touchdowns, two to one, or the Patriots to rush for over one and a half touchdowns, thirteen to eight. Oh, not bad. I thought either of them being over, yeah, I thought either of them being above evens was a pretty good bet, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, no, I like that. I'm surprised by those prices actually. Yeah, they're they're both on Bet Fred. I think that's the only place you can actually get them. I can't find it on any website at the moment. Mm. Um, it's not my website of choice, but it was, let's say, the odds were there. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Just another note, everyone listening out there, Odds Checker, I know, is, is a great place to, to find all these funny bets, but it's always worth going on to actual bookmakers' websites because sometimes they don't always translate over to Odds Checker uh, correctly or um, don't always get filtered through. So you, you might find that there's stuff on betting, uh, bookmakers' websites that uh, are not on Odds Checker, so I very much recommend. Go check all of those but yep. different bookies out, and it's very, we, we haven't really delved into much of like uh, your odds or you know, bet, request a bet type stuff. Uh, I know, you, uh, Adam, you you were like some of those over the weekend, so keep your eyes and ears peeled, peeled for that. Uh, have you got any more? Yeah, if um, so, yeah, sorry, just if, on the Odds Checker front, if you go on my Twitter or if you read any of the posts I've been putting up recently, I've listed all of the yardage props uh, for the players on Paddy Power, Skybet, 365, Red Zone, William Hill, AAA, and Betfred. Mm. Um, because, again, Odds Checker is useless for that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. you've got the choice of seven bookies there uh, with the yardage and the reception lines on mm. every single player, mm. everyone who's available. Mm. Um, there was a brilliant one earlier in the week. You could have got C.G. Anderson over four. 40 and a half rush yards at one place and under 54 and a half at another place. Mm. So there was a really big uh, middle there. Uh, the biggest middle you can get now is Jared Goff passing yards. You get 289.5 uh, sky bet and you can get 272.5 at red zone. So again, a pretty big middle for for that kind of thing. Mm. Um, it is it's why I quite, I quite like doing stuff like that because then you can pretty much guarantee yourself um, well, it's, it's a slight loss if he doesn't land in the middle, but you can sort yourself out with it. Mm. Uh, a few of the really short yardage guys, Brady over 0.5 rushing yards um, at 365. Uh, the worry there is that he kneels at the end of the game and that counts as a minus. Yeah. Um, so it's not one I will be taking personally, but uh, again, let's say 0.5 yards. Um, you have the receptions. Um, James Devlin, you can go over... Over 1.5, I think he was. Over 0.5 receptions. He's actually caught a pass in seven of the 11 regular season games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can get the same for Sony Michelle over 0.5 receptions, which is much better than his receiving yards, which is three and a half. Um, not one I'll be taking that one personally, but uh, the odds were there. Um, Josh Reynolds over 47.5. Um, I think the Patriots will try and take away Brandon Cooks and obviously he used to play for them so he knows they know how to play him uh, they stopped Tyreek Hill last week uh, last game he only got one reception um, so Brandon Cooks you can get 72.5 is the highest if you go under on that one uh, as I say if you want to go over then it's 69.5 but they're all on my spreadsheet 
Um, do, 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 that's roughly about it without uh, spoiling my 100 quid bets completely. Alrighty, I shall take over. You've um, doubled up on a couple of mine. Joshua Reynolds over, and like I say, double team uh, Kirks. I think Woods will be uh, paired up with Gilmore, uh, and Josh Reynolds maybe is the extra guy there that, that can step up. Uh, Gerald Everett over 22.5 as well, I thought was a, was a fairly low yardage for him. James Devlin I actually had written under here as well, under... Uh, um, sorry, over 0.5 receptions. He's actually had 12 receptions all year, obviously, on top of the uh, stat that you have there. Sometimes in Super Bowls, you'll get some funny plays. James Devlin, uh, say, caught a pass, I think, against Kansas City last week as well. Uh, I liked, I really like Gronk in this game. Uh, I really like over 3.5 receptions, 8 to 11, and his, his receiving yards uh, is 50.5. Now, Gronk against um, teams that give up a lot of yardage to tight ends. Gronk has, has fared really well this season. I think over 70 or 80 yards or something like that. And then against teams that don't don't give up a lot of yardage to tight ends, he's not done a, very much at all. Obviously, in keeping with the uh, in, in keeping with the trends, there and the Rams aren't that great against tight ends. Uh, and like I say, it could be uh, a Gronk game. Uh, like it was last week, so quite like Gronk, uh, quite liked Gurley over three and a half receptions as well. I think it's going to be Gurley is just going to kind of show us what he should have done. No, he's, I don't think he's injured. I think he's going to come to the fore. He's going to get what he usually gets. I know CJ Anderson will siphon off a couple of carries, but over three and a half receptions there, five to four for Todd Gurley was something that I quite liked as well. That's pretty much from it, it from me. Yeah, I have a feeling with Gurley as well. I think, obviously, the last few weeks he's done not much. I, just, I have a feeling he's going to blow up. Yeah. You can get very slightly better odds about Fred, but um, like I say, tiny, tiny bit better mm. um, on over three and a half. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. Gronk, I can't take. I just, I just don't know how they're going to play him. I, I wouldn't be surprised, and he does very well in, um, in Super Bowls. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he does go over everything that he's set for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, can't argue with anything you've gone with there. Lovely stuff. Okay, before we move on to the hundred pound challenge, do you have any naps or next bests? Um, not particularly. I guess, no. I guess the nap would be probably one of the. Two. Right, I'll tell you what. I'll go nap and next best, both the same bet. But the uh, the Rams over one and a half rushing yards and Patriots over sorry not rushing yards <laughs> obviously over one and a half rushing touchdowns and the Patriots over one and a half rushing touchdowns. Yeah, As get... I said earlier, the Rams are two to one, the Patriots are thirteen to eight. Yeah. So I'd, I'd probably just go for both of them because mm. they've both been run. Yeah, over over one and a half rushing yards there. That's uh, Claude Duval territory in in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah. That that would be throw everything you've ever had in your life yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'd, I'd, I'd worry about what the price would be, but uh, yeah, there we are. We'll, yeah, we shall, we shall uh, move on. Okay, £100 challenge. So we did this at the start of the season for anti-post bets. Um, we need to finish those those off and see how we did. But I thought it'd be a bit of fun. Have a £100, mythical £100 to spend over the course of all the Super Bowl bets and props. And you can have any market you like, any price. Not any price you like, but you know what I mean. Uh, any any amount of money on those bets. Um, so what's your, what's your biggest bet? Um, I've actually stuck with 10 quid on pretty much all of them. Um, I haven't got a single... One over ten, I've just spread it spread it evenly. Um, I'll start at the start. I've gone with national anthem, despite what I said earlier. National anthem over one minute forty nine, ten to eleven on Skybet for a tenner. Okay, cool. Uh, my I say my so my biggest uh, bet was uh, actually end around in the commentator bingo eight to eleven. I've got twenty five pound on that. I say it's really annoying because it was around Ooh. evens, wasn't it? But. Uh, so that's a bit annoying. I'm going to have to play the price game there and just take the eight to eleven. I can't really. Uh, take an old price that's uh, 
That wouldn't be good of me. Yeah. The, the other one I've got, uh, £20, is I've got Gronk anytime, 2-1 to one at Skybet. Like to say, I'd quite like Gronk to have a big game, so 2-1 to one anytime for him, I think, is, uh, is a great bet. So, um, yeah, big price. So they're, they're my two biggest bets. Everything else is at 10 and under. Any, so do you want to, just want to go through all yours, and I'll, I'll finish all mine off. If you want me to go through them all um, one by one, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've done them, tried to do them fairly chronologically, so I've gone with Anthem first. Um, first quarter under 10.5 points. Uh, the odds aren't great, 20 to 27 on 365, um, but 10 quid on that one. Uh, James White over 5.5 receptions, 4 to 5, uh, another 10 on that one. Um, again, it's slightly risky given what he did to me last time I took that one, but I, I have a feeling it could be a passing backs game, uh, this one with Gurley and White. Um, the big odds I've got 7 to 1 on. Uh, Corderell Patterson anytime. Uh, 10 on that one at 365. And I've also got a 5 on him to score 2 or more, mainly because it's 100 to 1 um, over at 365 as well. Um, James White again. I've got him 2 or 8 to 1 on 365. 5 on that one. Uh, as I mentioned with the passing backs, I have actually taken Gurley over 30.5 years now over on 365. He was 29 and a half. Um, but I'll cope with that extra tiny bit. Um, ten quid on that one. Yeah, and then I've got Rams over one and a half. Rush touchdowns, as I've mentioned two or three times already. Two to one on that one for a tenner. Uh, Two-point attempt, yes. Uh, five to four on Paddy Power. I've got a tenner on that one. Both of these are both attacking teams. And if one of them misses the odd uh, extra point, or if they need, if they feel the need, then... I think five to four, anything over even, I was happy on that. Uh, Johnny Hecker, shortest punt over 36 and a half yards. He is one of the best in the game, and I don't think he'll kick one less than that. Um, obviously, that's just air travel, nothing to do with returns. Uh, and then last one was most penalties against the Rams, uh, eight to 11. Um, got a tenner on that one. Uh, the Patriots are generally the least penalised team in the league, and I believe they were this year. Um, also, after the Rams, uh, the backlash against the Rams last week with the whole uh, PI call, I wouldn't be surprised to see um, them getting penalised a little more than they probably should be. Mm. Uh, I believe that's 100 quid, so all. Um, if not... <laughs> Let me know and I'll sort it out. <laughs> yeah, you send them over to me. We'll stick these up on our Twitter page come Saturday. Oh, come later tonight, uh, maybe Saturday morning. Um, we'll put these up on the website as well, fullturnyards.com forward slash punting. Uh, let me get jot through mine. So uh, I'll just, yeah, so these are all tenors and fivers. The tenor ones, I've gone for water slash clear in the Gatorade Dunkin' for a tenor. That's two to one. Uh, harder to breathe anytime, six to one, a ten, uh, tenor on that as well. Uh, last couple of tenors, uh, Philip Dorsett, anytime 3-1 to one with 3.65 is a tenner. And Gerald Everett, anytime 9-2 is £10 as well. A couple of fivers left to go. Um, gone for a couple of MVPs here. Uh, Todd Gurley, MVP, 16-1. to one. The reason I've gone for Todd Gurley, now I know he usually goes to the quarterback, like you uh, mentioned there earlier, Adam, about James White last year. But I don't really see much love for Jared Goff. And I think if the Rams are going to win, I think Todd Gurley could come out and... and He'll be one of the guys that, that 
probably that wins it for the Rams. The other guy being Aaron Donald, MVP, twenty to one. He everyone loves him as your you know he's going to be defensive rookie, defensive rookie, defensive player of the year uh, this year. He's twenty to one for MVP. I stuck a little fiver on that as well. So one of those two players. If the Rams win, wouldn't put it past them to one of those two to to get the MVP vote there ahead of Goff. And then finally off James Devlin, any time touchdown scorer, fourteen to one. I've stuck a fiver on that as well. That's my hundred pound. Yeah, um, they were the two outsiders I would be going for if I'm going for an MVP, MVP bet. Mm. As you said, there's not much love for Goff, um, despite the fact that I do think it will be a quarterback. I think Gurley, I could easily see a hat-trick for Gurley. And yeah, Aaron Donald, everyone loves him. Yeah. So yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be too surprised on either of them, to be honest. Mm. No, OK. I say we'll put those up on the uh, Twitter and on the website. But uh, pretty much that's that's going to be our, our, our NFL betting for the year, Adam. Sad times. Yeah. Yeah, sad times. Like I said, we, we started well. We peaked in the middle. <laughs> Not been the best uh, last few weeks, but um, we definitely finished massively in profit, which is all you can ask for, really, on the year. Don't, don't t- did you bet on the Pro Bowl last week? Uh, <laughs> I, I had a bet in play. Oh, that Adam, was it. Adam. Um, you... I, I, went, Go to I went over in play. <laughs> you went over in play. Oh, dear. Never mind. I know it, it. It landed. It oh. was when um, the NFC was being shut out. I think it was twenty-one nil or something. I thought there's no chance that the NFC aren't going to score. Um, and then yeah, I think the last last score was with about fifty seconds left, yeah. which won the bet for me. Yeah. Oh well, oh, good stuff. But you uh, are absolutely degening it up there with uh, bet on the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah. Nice. I'm full, full on degenerate with NFL. I, <laughs> I figured there's only two weeks left. Better get out of the way. Yeah, I won't be betting again now until Cheltenham. So, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And yeah. So come Sunday, then where, where are you watching the game? Um, just at home. I've bought a few bits in today. I've got a mate coming around. Uh, I've booked the week off um, to recover. I only really needed the Monday by time left, so I thought I might as well get the full week. Nice. Um, yeah, I got some, got some chicken wings. Got some. Uh, buffalo dip that I'm going to make up, pizza, pork belly, the general kind of fatty American stuff, and um, a ton of carling. Nice. I'll, I'll be around just about 10 o'clock then. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you're more than welcome. I mean, it's a bit of a track for you. Yeah, but, I'll, um, I'll start yeah, walking now. Definitely turn up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially the weather, I'm assuming it's a bit snowy up there so it might take you a while yeah absolutely and um, over over under beers for the weekend eight and a half is that a fair line weekend or right. just Sunday for Sunday just Sunday um, yeah I'd, I'd take the overs I'd, I'd think the overs will be on time <laughs> take the overs love it alright cool um, yeah I will, I'll let you start cracking them open then and get your buffalo dip uh, all <laughs> sorted uh, thank you for coming on this season Adam we'll no doubt have you on again next season and we'll chat in the off season anyway and we'll go all again in six months time yeah I've, I've loved it mate if you need me for the uh, draft then I will be having bets on the draft I normally do pretty well oh, um, yeah. and it'll be quite interesting to hear what Lee says because obviously he's very good with his college stuff mm. You should yeah. be able to get some decent odds between us. Yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a free way for the draft then. How about that? We we'll maybe only have to wait two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. can't wait. There you go. Everything you need to know about the numbers for the Super Bowl. Good luck with all your bets out there. If you are betting on the Super Bowl, don't bet under the influence of alcohol. 
uh, as I'm sure you will make uh, regret it in the morning. But talking about under in the influence of alcohol, it's time now for the best segment of the podcast where we get all of your thoughts and thank you to each and every one of you for your thoughts and your submissions for your audio predictions for the Super Bowl. Here they all are, including a nice little surprise for my buddy Lee. Enjoy. Hello, this is Meredith Middleton. Surprise! My Super Bowl prediction is that Maroon 5 will get booed off stage. As for the game, as no one likes defensive games, I reckon there'll be about 100 points scored. Hi there, I'm the Mrs Lambert Monk, the woman who doesn't get en- nearly enough credit for putting up with Tim's terrible puns. So I've just been Googling both the Patriots and the Rams outfits and they're both completely rubbish, so I'm really not interested in any of them winning. But what my bet is on is that Adam Levine's arms are going to be on point. Hi guys, it's Chris from all32.co.uk. I'm predicting the Patriots to win 31-27, to but I think it's going to be a great game for both Rams and Patriots fans. Hey guys, it's Murph here from 5 Yard Rush Podcast. Um, thought I'd chime in with some Super Bowl uh, predictions and some crazy things I think are, are going to happen. So I'll start with the baseline. I think the Patriots are going to win. Um, I've revised my score. I think it's going to be 31-27 to the Patriots. I think Tom Brady is going to end up with another MVP uh, trophy in his locker. Um, Some of the crazy things I think will happen, well, maybe crazy. We'll see what you think. Uh, I think the Patriots will win the toss and elect to uh, start with the football, so receiving as opposed to uh, kicking. I think that you're going to have a call that will be challenged by Bill Belichick right on the stroke of half time. Um, and it'd be a big call that will lead to a scoring drive. So I think Bill Belichick is going to win a challenge in the last four or five minutes of uh, the second quarter that will lead to the Patriots scoring and going in ahead at half time. Uh, I think there is going to be some form of audio or mic issue during the half time. Um, concert show parade fast whatever you want to call it so i think there's going to be some difficulty where either the sound goes or sounds weird for at least a couple of seconds uh during the halftime show um i also think as well that you are going to see sean mcveigh absolutely lose it at his handler who's going to bring him Uh, away from the field so I think he's going to turn around and literally bite this guy's head off which I think is going to be a little bit harsh so there's some uh, hot takes from me Um, let's see how many of them come true don't forget uh, Super Bowl is there to be enjoyed by all so those of you a little salty with uh, the Patriots give it a watch anyways you never know the Rams might do it so uh, cheers all and uh, enjoy the Super Bowl Hi, this is Jason Scott, the head coach of the Tamworth Phoenix and the University of Nottingham American football team. I think the New England Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl of 34-32. Uh, firstly, I think my friends in Boston would never forgive me if I backed the Rams. But it comes down to simply this. Tom Brady is the best quarterback in football right now. Um, the plan to beat the the Patriots is simple. Um, sack Brady, uh, but over two playoff games so far against units that featured Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, D4, Justin Houston and the Mississippi State Bulldog, uh, Chris Jones. He's not been sacked once and he's only had three quarterback hits. Uh, he's done this by running the ball well and getting the ball out of his hands quickly. On the flip side, 
You look at Jared Goff, who is a phenomenal talent with lots of weapons, and uh, the coaching staff at the Rams um, are superb. Um, McVeigh has done a phenomenal job with them this year. Uh, I just can't see um, them getting a result against um, Brady and uh, Belichick. Um, I see a last-minute drive culminating in either a clutch Tom Brady third-down completion and a touchdown or a field goal to seal the deal. So that's my deal. I think uh, the Patriots buy a score in Super Bowl this weekend. Hi, this is Roger Goodgroves. You're officiating aficionado. My prediction for this coming Super Bowl is that the Rams will win and there will be no controversy caused by the officials. However, following the Super Bowl, my prediction is that Al Riveron will be sacked as the senior vice president of officiating for the NFL. Right, this is the Kickers Matter Super Bowl preview for the full 10 yards podcast. Jamie, what's going to happen? The Patriots are going to win, and the Patriots are going to win 33-27. I'll tell you who I think is going to score touchdowns as well. I think the Patriots side of the ball is going to be Gronk, Edelman and White, and Goskowski is going to bang it over over four field goals. And the Rams side of the ball, it will be Robert Woods, CJ Anderson and Todd Gurley scoring a touchdown. And uh, Greg DeLegs-Erline will smack two field goals through the uprights. So, yeah, 33-27 for me. Um, I just think the Patriots are going to... It's just got too much. It's too much experience on that side of the ball. And as you've said plenty of times on the podcast, they want to get to seven Super Bowls. So, this is one one, one closer. What about you, mate? What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit lower. But I will go for the Patriots. So I'm going to have the Patriots winning this 28-24. Bill Belichick is the master at yep. getting at, I know Jared Goss, not a rookie QB, but getting at young young QBs, getting in their face, yep. game planning them. He's the master at that. I think Sonny Michelle has a big day here. Um, right. And yeah, I, I think Julian Edmund. Gronkowski with touchdowns for the Patriots side of the ball. Yeah. Sneaky Josh Reynolds touchdown for the Rams. <laughs> and Tyler Higby. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, the evil empire will will win and um our other host, Steve, will be very happy. Yeah, he he will be very happy. So uh I think I think on the podcast this week, we uh, all four of us, including the other guests, he, uh, admit he, all said the Patriots should win. Yeah. So that's our views from Kickers Matter. Unfortunately, everyone, the Patriots are going to storm their way to another title. Go Rams! <laughs> Hi, guys. Rob here from Across the Fantasy Pond. My two Super Bowl predictions are... Julian Edelman will be the first wide receiver over 35 yards. And also, Chris Hogan, he will score 35 yards throughout the evening as well. My name is Mark. I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm very much anyone but Patriots, even to the point when I was cheering on the Eagles to their maiden Super Bowl last year. So my hope is that the bloke who's employed to hold Sean McVay back has a quiet night, because then it probably means that the Rams have won. Super Bowl 53, Patriots versus the Rams. Patriots by 14. I think the Rams will chase all the way. Hopefully not a runaway score. Um, should be a good one. Hello, that's Jason Seeley here again. 
I introduced a show a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going for the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Good luck, everyone. Tyler Blosky here from the Tyler and Eli Fantasy Football Tips podcast, and across the fantasypond.com, I'm going to pick the Patriots to win 31-17 over the Los Angeles Rams. Go Pats. Um, I'm going to go for Luke to take down the Dark Emperor, that is Darth Vader, and defeat the Patriots. Yeah, I'm going for the Rams all day, baby. Go Rams! Hi, Tim. This is Paul from the Isle of Man, a Titans man. I think the Rams will win by five points. That pass rush is just too good for them. That O-line just can't take it. Should be a great game, though. Hi, Jim Harvey here. My prediction is the Pats bounce back from losing last year's Super Bowl to the Eagles. Gronk retires, goes, joins in wrestling. And just one reminder for Tim, because I know you appreciate this. Until Sunday, the Eagles are still the current Super Bowl champions. Fly, Eagles, fly. Pats to win by three. Brady and Belichick just combined to beat Sean McVay in that offence. That's my prediction for the Super Bowl. Hi, I'm Luke Campbell. I will be washing my hair during the round five tonight. And the Rams are going to win by seven. Hey guys, it's Tom from the Headless of All podcast. Couple of Super Bowl predictions for you. I think Gerald Everett for the Rams is a nice long shot as a uh, anytime touchdown scorer. Put together a nice game against the Saints. Can see that happening. And a Maroon Five special. I think first song. It's got to be moves like Jagger. Enjoy the game. Hey, it's Frank with the Fantasy Football Franchise. I'm here for my Super Bowl predictions. I have the Patriots winning 34-31. And I have your MVP being none other than PlayStation himself, Mr. Sony Michelle, with 163 yards and three total touchdowns on the day. I just want to say it should be the Saints playing, but that's for a different discussion on a different day. Who that, baby? Cameron Hobbs of the NFL Scotland podcast here. Super Bowl prediction. Well, my head says that the Patriots are going to win by at least 14 points. We're going to have to listen to weeks and weeks of how they've overcome adversity and proved all the doubters wrong. Give me a break. My heart, though, I'm going to go with my heart. The LA Rams are going to win this. They're going to do it. Sean McVay is going to become the youngest coach in NFL history to win a Super Bowl. They're going to do it by two points. It's going to be a thriller. It's going to keep us wide awake right till the very end. I'm really looking forward to this. Let's just hope for a good game either way. Hope you all enjoy it. Hey, it's James I'm here, the FF Thinker. Although, as of next season, I'm going to be called the Height Train Conductor, so watch out on Twitter. Um, prediction for the Super Bowl, I think the Rams are going to just squeak out 23-21. to Greg Zerline with three field goals. Um, Goskowski at the end is going to miss a 50-plus yarder for the victory in a season where kickers seem to have been kings. Although, MVP, Aaron Donald. Hello, this is Paul Mitchell from the NFL Scotland podcast, looking ahead to the Super Bowl. Well, I should have been looking ahead to the Super Bowl as a fan. The New Orleans Saints should have been there, and I'm a big Saints fan. So needless to say, I've got no love for the Rams or the referees at the moment. With that in mind, it's pretty obvious which way I'm going to go. I'm going to have to go with the New England Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And I think this could be the first time ever that have supported the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I actually think the Patriots will be too strong for the Rams, a talented team, though the Rams are. They've got a lot of good pieces, but there's just something about that magic of Brady and Belichick, and that's why I'm going for the New England Patriots 
to win. Sonny Michelle will get the first points, I think, and it'll be a 35-point to 17 win. 18-point margin between the New England Patriots and the LA Rams. Go Pats! Hi, it's Adam from Touchdown Tips at Touchdown Tips on Twitter. Uh, you've probably recognised my voice from every Friday during the season. Uh, the Super Bowl, I think it's going to be a very balanced game. I think they're very, very evenly matched. Both got good defence, both got good offence. The head coaching, for once, should be a pretty even match for Belichick. It's not often you can say that. I think, gun to my head, I think I say the Patriots will probably win it. That means that they may... The spread's two and a half. I think they'll cover the spread. The total is 56, I believe. I think that's going to be around there. I would lean very slightly over. And the MVP will, of course, be Tom Brady because it doesn't really matter who else does anything. James White should have won it last time out, getting three touchdowns. But no, it was Tom Brady. Uh, final score, 31-24 to the Patriots. You can get that 100 to 1 if you really want to bet on it. Um, so, yeah, that's it. It should be a fantastic game. I'm glad that I've booked the entire week off to recover from it. Hey everyone, it's Lee here, co-host of the Full 10 Yards. Uh, hopefully you guys all recognise my voice right now, um, you know, after a season together. Um, so here goes my Super Bowl prediction. Uh, I'm actually going to go for a Patriots win, unfortunately. Um, experience is going to overcome the Rams, I think. Uh, Belichick and Brady, I think, are going to have another game plan lined up for the big one on Sunday. Uh, I do think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be pretty high scoring as well. So let's trouble that over in the betting and let's go for 38 to 30 to the Patriots. Okay. Hope everyone has a good Super Bowl. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, no, I'll be up late watching it with the snacks and my other half. So, yeah, hope you can enjoy it with as good uh, options both on the company and on the snacks. All right. See you soon. Bye-bye. So there you have it, everyone's predictions for the Super Bowl. It'd be remiss of me not to give you mine. I think the Patriots are going to win quite convincingly as well. I think Jared Goff is going to poop his little Jared Goff pants. Sean McVay is not going to be able to save him and the Patriots will get one over on the newbies and the upstarts in Sean McVay and the Rams. For the halftime show, and it, uh, I really like Harder to Breathe anytime. For the anthem, I like the under for Gladys Knight and her 74-year-old lungs. And I, I'm really looking forward to Spongebob uh, being part of the halftime show. Who would have thought it? Spongebob, Squarepants and Maroon 5 in the Super Bowl. Crazier things maybe not have, have happened uh, than that. But I wish you all the best and I wish you all the enjoyable view and I hope you all get the results you want. I hope you get all the bets right and lots of money too. We'll be back next week to recap the Super Bowl where we'll be crowning the New England Patriots or the Los Angeles Rams as your new Super Bowl champions. That's going to do it for the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed all of the different opinions there. Thank you to each and every one of you for submitting all of those. Really, really appreciate it. Appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. We'll be back next week and say, in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye bye for now. Bye bye. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com